Welcome to Getting Goosebumps, The Power of Storytelling, the weekly podcast helping you to craft stories that inspire, entertain, and convince. Each week, listen to leading industry experts from top marketers and CEOs to producers and writers from the entertainment industry. Learn how to elevate your brand message and spare your audience into action. On Get Goosebumps this week, I speak to Graham Johnson, Global Head of Employer Brand and Talent Acquisition at BT, British Telecom, a huge international brand with over 110,000 employees worldwide. Graham's always had the ability to shake things up, affect change and influence brands to be more brave, innovative and purposeful in his function. He's definitely a thought leader in our space, but he's also got a very down-to-earth approach and an ability to distill and articulate what's in front of him very clear and simple terms. With a track record of developing and leading high-performing teams and implementing transformational change. So for that reason, it's unsurprising to see Graham starting to emerge as a prolific keynote speaker and recognised thought leader in the space of employer branding. So we've worked together now for a number of years, starting when Graham was at Virgin Media, and I've seen firsthand how he can challenge, plan and inspire. It was there we created the tangible business case for reinventing the candidate experience to save over £4.5 million a year in lost customers as a result of poor candidate experience. So today we jump straight into talking about that. Graham shares a passion for strategic storytelling, so much so the conversation started before we were officially on air. So today you join us diving straight in to a great discussion about the importance of employer branding and storytelling to attract great talent. So put your feet up and enjoy this chat. Hi everyone, welcome to another episode. Today I'm so pleased to be joined by Global Head of Employer Brand for BT, Graham Johnson. Morning Graham, thanks for joining me today. Morning Brian, thanks for having me. How are you doing, you okay? Yeah, really good, thanks, really good. Brilliant, I'm, I'm really, really looking forward to getting into this with you Graham because... Um, obviously, we've worked together for a number of years, um, you know, and you've had yep. um, a really interesting time at, at, at Virgin, and now you're now you're yeah. at BT, and I'm imagining that that's um, you're probably experiencing a slightly different sort of culture and, and different challenge. I would have thought. If, if you could start by giving us an idea what that sort of the difference is, and then we'll jump into this from a storytelling and employer brand point of view. It'd be great to know how you're going to approach a lot of the challenges you're facing. Yeah, of course. I mean, so the obvious difference, I guess, landing in BT um, in comparison to Virgin, um, I kind of think like from an employer brand point of view, Virgin and others in the industry that we're in do a lot of shouting around um, their credentials, their achievements. Um, BT actually is a bit of a, a bit of a hidden gem in that they've got this huge sort of history, legacy, great achievements, but quite a humble, low-eagle organisation that kind of almost like apologises when um, when we get things wrong and really doesn't doesn't shout enough about some of the good stuff, some of the things that we um, that we do. So just quite a quite a big contrast, really. From I guess from quite a an extrovert organisation where you're almost forced to be an extrovert in Virgin <laughs> to, um, to to be too. Yeah, a lot more humble. Um, so yeah, but very different culture. But but that must that must give you um, a completely different set of challenges then because obviously yeah. part part of your role is I guess 
to not just create more visibility with uh, a candidate audience, but to, to encourage people to shout a little bit more about their achievements and look at the sort of positive aspects and pull out the real sort of culture and, and, and promote it. So how, how, yeah, how do, how do yeah. you approach that, BT? I guess one of the first um, opportunities I had so about a year ago was to go and meet with um, the exec team who run the consumer division of BT, which they look after BT Sport and EE. Um, so I guess like the sexy bits of the of, of, of the of the business, um, and even you know those guys talking to them about the BT Sport as a story, getting a television network up off the ground in twelve months. Um, it, it's like it's like the greatest story we've never told anyone <laughs> um, from a from a people perspective. So just to put it to them in that way and, and pitch it as you know that we should be making a documentary or a movie about this just to show how good it was, mm-hmm. really made people kind of sit up and you know it was quite quite a good session quite fun um in a couple of things like, oh yeah like what part would i play in the movie and uh, get them really thinking about well we've never really thought about what the people's role was behind it or or, or if we have we, you know we've, we've just kind of whispered it in corridors rather than think to do some pr around yeah. externally so and it's really just not not to over dramatize it but just to um just tell, tell an honest story about what we actually did because it's worth shouting about yeah I d- do you know, you seem to be good at sniffing out these stories, though, Graham. Is there a, is there a trick to go and looking for these stories in an organisation? Um, I think you just come across them. I mean, people people um, are keen to talk about their experience. Um, and I think sitting, I mean, in an employer brand role, you, you get to find out a lot about uh, who the heroes in the business are, what the, what the great achievements are. Um, sometimes the, what you find is we're, we're in BT, where... where um, sort of guilty of this, we'll talk about it in facts and figures. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we'll talk about how um, we've got like a third biggest R&D spend or we, you know, we, we have patented more um, sort of inventions than anyone else. And it's like, okay, well, tell me about what those what those patents are. And you sort of, you have to dig a little bit uh-huh. um, to, to find them. But, um, but yeah, I think people, people are always keen to tell stories. So, yeah, you, you get sniffed them out. Yeah, I mean, I mean, obviously, that's a big part of what we want the conversation to be around today. And in terms of building a really convincing and engaging employer brand, um, what what do you think's the important sort of ingredients there to, to sort of pull all this together, mm. you know, and, and produce something with impact? Yeah, I think for me, there's um, there's probably um, three things. So the, the first one is it's, it's got to be true. Um, I've, I've read a lot and seen a lot of research around the way employer brands evolved over the last probably 10 years where um, we've gone from kind of broadcasts um, trying to shout, you know, tell everyone how, how amazing it is to actually cutting through all of that and just trying to influence the right people. Yeah. Um, so I think there's something in that that it's, it's got to be true because it's going to be called out on social, on Glassdoor reviews. You know, there's no point going out with some big um, Hollywood production piece of employer brand content and then, you know, someone looks up this division in, that you're talking about on Glassdoor and it's a completely different story. So um, I think that's, that's one thing. It's got, got to be true. Um, I, I also love, like, secondly, probably what um, um, Seth Gordon talks about, you know, his purple cow analogy, mm-hmm. um, that it's got to be remarkable, worthy of remark. So I think um, in that way, it's just trying to make sure that, um, you know, you, 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 
is you talk about something that's going to stand out in the crowd amongst the noise. Um, and then, then thirdly, I think it's got to be distinctive. So distinctively um, BT or distinctively virtual, whatever your brand, it's got to be, you've got to associate that story um, with, with the brand so that it's memorable. So I think, I think those, those are the three things that when I look at, you know, the employer brand work we're doing, I kind of try and put, put those three things across it and see if, um, see if it stacks up. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's really interesting that because um, there's a lot of there's a lot of people, certainly in the employer brand space, talking about um, EVP and mm. um, almost sort of um, the fact that stories are manufactured or a brand yeah. is potentially a little bit too glossy or slick and it's you know it's not authentic. And you know the mm-hmm. first ingredient out of your bag is is truth, which you know I think you know if it's if it's not genuine, authentic, and, and transparent, then then exactly what what's the point? But what what do you think yeah. in terms of um, taking the best bits of an organisation to sort of show them off? How do you ensure that there is that believability factor about it? Because you know, it's got to be interesting, yeah. it's got to be positive, I guess. You know what? How, how yeah. do you do that? Well, I think there's nothing wrong with sharing a story, but the social proof that um, sits underneath it uh-huh. is best, you know, to come from 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 the people. So, what we're trying to do now is just, um, you know, crowdsource for people's stories and have our um, people you know, as, as a brand ambassadors, really. So, we're we're experimenting with um, like um, platforms that will it's allow people course. to. Like, we'll. we'll curate the content yeah social chorus that's the one um where you know we'll curate the stories but it's up to our people whether you know they want whether they want to share them and then if they do um kind of you know they they can add to them um so we do that we we also rather yeah rather than kind of it being bt shouting about how great bt is um we we try and have kind of people first stories and, and, and and get our people to um, be out there for us talking about it if they're proud enough of it. Yeah, and again, I think that's that sort of leads into the sort of purple cow remarkability, doesn't it? Because if you put a story out there as a brand, but then your own people aren't proud enough or emotionally yeah. moved enough to then remark about it and socially share it or just talk about it and share it in some other way, then I guess that's a litmus test, isn't it? You know, is do you, is there any way? From your from your approach, is there any way of baking that in a little bit? Do you think? Do you think it just comes back to being true? Um, I think you've got to put a bit of um, sort of structure behind it. So, like I said, we've got this network of brand ambassadors. We've got these tools that we use. We're trying to put a crowdsourcing platform in place. So, kind of putting the structure framework around it and some guidelines about, you know. Um, you know what you what you can do and, and help people give them like give them advice on um how to how to create stories but, but so you put all that around it but then you've kind of almost got to let them be free to do it i think and that's where you know if you look at some of the most high highest performing content that we've got it's from people's stories that have yeah. been shared by our people first um and you see that with a lot of brands we've just just done some research on um sort of top 25 um in, in the 4100 and it's really interesting to see 
um, it's always just people's stories, people content that gets most in terms of sentiment. Um, but in terms of like vanity metrics as well on social, like it, it performs much stronger. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, everyone, everyone loves a good story, but I mean, just so we're clear, Graham, you know, what's, what's the purpose of these stories? You know, there's a difference between telling a story for entertainment yeah. and then there's a purpose told story. So, um, in terms of metrics and sort of, um, of using the, the stories as a functional uh, tool, what, what are you trying to achieve yeah. when you're putting these stories out? Yeah, well, we're, we're trying to achieve um, probably two things. So firstly, just to communicate who we really are, because we've, we've definitely got some challenges around the fact that we're a bit misunderstood. Like I said earlier, we're, we're, we're a bit humble and we underplay our credentials. Uh-huh. So it's to get across, do a bit of myth-busting and, and get across like what we actually are as a business. Um, but then secondly, like there's a real hard like, return on investment. Um, so the reason we're in the sort of employer brand space is because we want to attract and convert um, talent to, to come and work at BT. And we're not, you know, we're not high up there on the best places to work list. We're often under-considered in certain industries, um, in sort of corporate world or in digital and marketing. We're not necessarily like the go-to employer. So we're, we're trying to flip that around. And we, we'll measure success on of employer brand based on things like into higher ratios, um, whether whether we're converting people from our target competitor list, um, that's the thing. So there's a whole suite of um, recruitment metrics that we put under our employer brand, and that, that's the real reason we're, we're sort of we're in this space. And and those are very hard numbers, aren't they? You know, I mean, you move the needle mm-hmm. on those numbers, that makes a difference to the to the business in quite a big way, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean. Um, it's the it's generally the biggest spend on the P and L. So yeah, it's a huge, um, a huge, huge, huge thing to go after. Can you give us an idea of the size of the challenge that you've got, Graham? Just just to paint the sort of picture for the audience. Yeah, I mean within BT specifically, so we're, we're um, 110,000 employees, 180 different countries. We do 15,000 hires a year, 250,000 applicants a year. Um, so yeah, pretty pretty big. But by comparison, I mean our applicant to hire ratio is about 25 to one. If we look at our competitors in our industry, they're more you know probably getting about double the amount of applicants to, to, to what we are. And then you look at you know the big data networks and the social media um, channel, the cool Silicon Valley companies, and they're on 300 to one, three million CV. And it's not like we're trying to get you know open up the floodgates but it's about quality mm-hmm. but just you know in terms of reputation would you consider bt we've got some work to do to uh to, to, to move up those those ranks yeah absolutely and it's interesting when you're talking about so many different territories so many different people you know and obviously we've done some persona work together and you know you can you can look yeah. at the different aspects of employer brand and sort of um, when you're looking at it through the lens of you know different segments of your your, your, your talent base, um, what's your philosophy on um, again maintaining that sort of authenticity? Given that there's no one story that represents 110,000 people, right? You know, what's mm-hmm. how, how do you make sure that it is yeah. authentic, genuine, and also also scalable? Yeah, well, I think we're trying to be strategic in that we can book it together, the key areas that we're always going to recruit into, 
and go after those because there's, there's like there's so much you can go after you can almost just um, get lost in the challenge of it all. Okay. So we look at things like uh, we know we're going to grow apprentices in big numbers, 3,000 a year. Um, so we've got to um, make sure that we're geared up to do that. Um, from an employer brand and recruitment marketing point of view, also um, you know sales, big big business sales, and um, what we're always recruiting in those areas, security, um, and you know so those are, those are kind of three core areas that, across all of our countries that we're, we're looking for staff in. And then more specifically, like in our retail business, we, we need a proposition for retail and customer service because um, we've got a huge call center estate uh, and field engineers. So we kind of segmented it down to about eight different areas. And then we make sure it all anchors back to one story about BT. Um, and then, but then within each individual proposition, we're really clear about, you know, why you would join this particular area um, and what your, your career path would be, what the challenges would be, what you would face and what we expect from you, what will give you back in return. So, so we've got a clear kind of story for each of those areas that sit under the big overarching school. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like you say, you can, you can go on and on, but prioritising it towards where the, where the business needs people the most, whether that's retention or, or yeah. attraction, that, that, that makes sense, I guess. Okay, yeah. so um, you mentioned sort of in, in, in some of those areas going up against the sort of more sexy tech brands and that, and that kind of stuff. In, in terms of that sort of challenge, um, how do you how do you um, tell a distinctive personal um, story that can compete with with some of those brands? Because you're looking for mm-hmm. IT and all sorts of. Um, yeah. highly technical roles and so your your competition isn't necessarily other telecoms organizations it yeah. is it is those big high-tech companies isn't it yeah true i think um i mean our, the way that we'd compete is just coming back to kind of what the objective of employer brand would be to, to be honest about the sort of career you can have here um which is which is going to be different you know i mean Google isn't like the internship. Um, I've got a guy in my team who did an internship at Google, and it's nothing like that. <laughs> um, so, you know, whilst you've got that sort of stuff in the marketplace, it's much more commercial, much more ruthless. Um, but I think our, our story, which is different, actually, is we're trying to transform the business. So this is the challenge. You will have more, probably more autonomy and freedom and creativity than you would get, actually, in um, one of those other, other organizations. Um, so whilst the perception is it's a cool, sexy place to work, you've got um, slides instead of stairs, and you've got foosball tables and all this sort of stuff. I mean, we've got those two, actually, but um, it's going to be a much more um, challenging um, environment to work in from a career point of view because we're trying to we're trying to um, sort of take the business on a, on a on a journey where we're going to actually transform ourselves over the next few years. So uh-huh. I think I mean, that's our proposition. Whether that's right for people or not, um, we also you know need our employer brand to kind of repel those that, that, that you know that, that would definitely not suit our culture, yeah. um, and that, that that's really important as well. So Absolutely. I think that's how we do. We just just tell an honest story. Yeah. And I forget who said it. It might have been Dave in the office the other day, but we were talking, and it was like, look, you know, there's no point trying to out-Google Google. That's, that's, no. who, that's who they are, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, you've got to play to your own strengths, right, you know? Um, exactly. And one thing that I see you doing really well in, in BT is um, playing to BT strengths, not somebody else's, but then also mm. um, looking for, okay, so what's the sort of higher purpose you know what's the meaningful work in in BT and sort of um, 
aligning those stories um, with demonstrating that you can actually um, make an make an impact. How how important yeah. how important do you think it is to demonstrate how people can make an impact? Because you look at BT, you think, well, if I join a mm. massive company like that, it doesn't really matter yeah. if you know if I work there or not. They're still going to march forward. How do yeah. how do you create context and demonstrate um, personal worth or you know impact in a role with such an organisation like BT? Yeah, um, I think it's through like through giving people examples of um, great role models who've done it. Mm-hmm. So um, if I look at um, in our sort of marketing space, for example, like some of the um, campaigns and responsibility people have had um, to go off and, and, and make um, impressive like national campaigns at quite an early early stage in their careers mm-hmm. it's come true and also we've got like tons of stories of like BT is the ultimate um, portfolio career so we, we see a lot of from a lot of the research that people want to um, move around change their careers um, go and experience different things. I think that's what we offer. It's different to other organisations. Um, so, and we can give like tons of tons of examples of that when people come in. So, um, we we talk to people about that. It's it's mad, isn't it? Because it's so big, you can you could change jobs you know fifty times in your career at BT. Yeah, and have an absolute yeah. multitude of different bread. It's amazing, isn't it? Yeah, and yeah. you know the you mentioned the BT story earlier on. So from twelve months. So from conception um, to broadcasting live, that was that was twelve months. That must be an incredible human story, mm-hmm. and I guess um, telling a multitude of sort of personal stories of how people contributed to make that happen. That's 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 got to be kind of rewarding if you were part of that that, that journey. Yeah, definitely. I mean, Jamie Hindhoff tells it brilliantly. I mean, he's the guy who, I mean, he used to sell leather jackets in a in a marketplace. <laughs> um, that's how he started out his career. And then now he's, um, you know, he's, he's created a studio in Stratford um, with 200 people and put it together. I mean, he stood on a table um, when they were working out of a, a porter cabin and said, you know, we just won this big deal to um, to distribute um, Champions League and um, Premier League games and going up against Sky and literally there was you know there was there was a dozen people in the room he's standing on the table uh, and then yeah. they went from that to this huge studio <laughs> in twelve months so, in a porter cabin you know, in terms oh of, my god yeah in a porter cabin so in terms of you know I guess your previous question about how can you achieve these things in BT um, that, that that's a great example to point at yeah definitely and you know. There's still a lot to come, isn't there? You know, because BT, I get the impression now, getting to getting to know BT a lot, a lot sort of closer over the last sort of twelve months at least. There's there's more hidden gems in there, and it's still very ambitious from a tech point of view. And um, you know, so do you think do you think that sort of innovation and appetite to to drive forward that's one of the keys to uh, unearthing new stories all of the time. Yeah, I think so. I mean, you go out to our um, like research facility um, in Dastra Park in Ipswich, and you know we've got um, things set up like the future home, where you've got this connected home, future retail store. Um, they've got like they're playing about with drones, they're experimenting with like three D printing, and all this. So it's just things that you kind of think, oh wow, like we're, we're kind of innovating on tech. We're um, going to be the first to market with five G in the UK. 
Um, you've got people playing about with the future, like set-top box and putting software in CVs um, instead of set-top boxes. And so we're experimenting with stuff that will be like industry first. Um, so the story we try and tell people, you know, this has been in our DNA whilst we might not realise it um, since, you know, the 80 years ago when we were the first telco in the, in the world. So, um, so yeah, I mean, that, that's, um, that's how we bring it to life for people. Yeah, there's just plenty of opportunities there as well. And so from from a, a going to market point of view, there's lots of great stories to tell and, and lots of personal stories that you yeah. can sort of leverage to, to get the visibility with the, the right type of people. Once you've got them interested in, um, in BT Graham, how important is candidate experience? So telling a story experientially. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, cr- critical to the work we're doing right now. I mean, um, there's three areas. There's, there's so much you can do in, in, in candidate experience, I think. And um, we, we try and focus on three things. So, like, the apply stage, um, you know, your first impression of BT through the application form. I, I, I've just had some research done about, like, how long that takes um, compared to, you know, other, other companies. Mm-hmm. Um, and whether it's seamless and, and all that sort of stuff, like how easy is that? that that's kind of if we're going to show off our innovation and technology credentials, it's going to be when you go online and make an application. <laughs> really important. Um, so we've got some work to do there as well, though. So it's not it's not not perfect yet. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're investing in, in, in some tech to improve that. And then the face-to-face interview stage, I think, is really important for us. So uh, you know, we've, we've have heard horror stories in the past about people. Um, kind of showing up, not being treated particularly well. Um, we had a high sort of offer decline rate. So we, we've loved people that interview, but they haven't had a great impression of us. Um, so we've done a lot of work in the last year to focus on NPS and trying to prove, mm-hmm. prove that experience for people. And then actually the, the sort of third thing would just be the, the sort of when we make the decision that we give everyone feedback, we give them something to take away, some value. Um, again, you know, probably about 12, 18 months ago, we went brilliant at that. We've still got some work to do, um, but we're, we're kind of setting ourselves up to give people a great impression of BT when they leave, even if even if that's not um, successful with the job. Because, you know, we're going to be saying no to 235,000 people a year, so we've got to do that in the right way. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you've, I mean, you've done this before at Virgin. We, you know, I think... Um... I think we're all sick of hearing that uh, case study now. Um, it's, uh, it's, 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 yeah. it's been on um, all around the world. In fact, I'm talking about it next month at a conference. I'm sick of, uh-huh, sick right, of talking brilliant. about it myself. But um. well, some, someone, someone rang me the other day to try and um, sell me some tech. I, I get loads of people trying to sell tech solutions all the time, and they're always referencing the Virgin. <laughs> this guy rang, and he's like, oh, I've got this brilliant thing. You know, have, you, have you heard about what Virgin did? I was like, oh, no, no, tell me about that. Uh, yeah, it's very funny. <laughs> so when so after after doing that, you, know, you land at BT, you, your assessment of candidate experience, there's probably some um, quick fixes and, and go-to sort of, okay, we'll, we'll change that, we'll turn that upside down, we'll stop doing that, we'll shorten this and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. At the end of the day, though, Graeme, um, what you just described there is, um, you know, if, if a hiring manager or recruiter are having a bad day, the perception of this yeah. huge organisation is, is tarnished. How do you inspire mm. and educate um, those guys on the front line to see the value yeah. in in a great experience yeah. and, and how do you equip them to, to give consistency 
Mm. Well, do you know that that was probably to compare version to BT from a candidate experience point of view? I think there were definitely some challenges around um, the interview stage, but probably more so um, at BT than the word virgin. So that's the one that we went after really in the last 12 months. And But rather than go through... Um, what tends to be, again, most large organizations, you'll go some corporate, like, sheep dip approach, right? We'll train everyone. That's the kind of standard HR response to, uh, you know, if managers are, are given a bad, bad experience, let's train them all, get them in a classroom. So ra- rather than take that approach, we kind of looked at what assets we had. Mm-hmm. And um, I, was, I was quite surprised, like, in a lot of the quarterly updates when we talk about business results, we'll bring in some of our sports presenters. So I was rocking up to like sessions where Lawrence Delalio will be talking about how we've how we've done in the last last quarter. So like this is brilliant. So um we kind of approached our team and said, like, can we get some time with these guys? People like Claire Balding, Jay Comfries, Craig Doyle, they're on T V on sports programmes interviewing and they've got they themselves have been through like the intense um, broadcast TV quality training on how, how to interview. So I thought, well, who best to ask them the best interviews we've got? So we, we did a great campaign with these guys. Yeah. Um, we've actually just we've just um, completed the campaign where we went on a search for the best interviewer in BT. We got um, Gavin Patterson, our CEO, um, got got him involved to sort of sponsor it. Um, we told him about the commercial impact, and he was he was really supportive of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, we found someone in, in, in Nottingham. We've shortlisted it down. We got um, over 200 nominations. So we were looking for people who, you know, would take time to make sure that they were well prepared. They would give people feedback. They would um, just be really respectful and you know do do the things that your parents taught you to do. <laughs> um, to, to really just look after candidates and give them a good impression and. and, and we really emphasise the fact that this could be a customer sitting in front of you. And actually, in BT, it's more likely that it is a customer sitting in front of you because yeah. we've, um, we've got such a huge customer base. Um, so with that, and, you know, when you're talking to your sales teams um, who spends, you know, all of their time trying to um, try, trying to convert new customers, and we tell them that, you know, potentially we're leaking kind of 20% of our customers through the through the bottom of the bucket um, every time you interview. Uh, it's quite an easy quite an easy way to position it with them. So, so but that campaign for us was was great um, to kind of raise awareness. We've seen a big NPS shift, and we've in, we've included. For the first time, I don't think anyone else is doing this, um, interviewer NPS score. So when people leave the interview, mm-hmm. we'll ping them, a, ping them a text or, a, or an email and just ask them to rate the person that they've, that they've interviewed them. Yeah. Um, and, and the interviewers know that that's happening as well. So that, you know, that's, that's another kind of good incentive that, they, that makes sure they do a good job. Yeah, well, just knowing that that's happening. But it's interesting, so rather than yeah. focus on potentially the, the worst performing hiring managers and interviewers, You've taken yeah. a different approach, and you've you've said, well, actually, there's there's some some great people in this business. Let's champion them. And do you think the net result of that is obviously sharing the sort of pride of doing a good job, and you know, rising tide raises yeah. all ships, kind of thing. I think so. Yeah, I mean, um, we've created some ambassadors in the business, so we've got this kind of list of 200 people that were nominated. Mm-hmm. We've done some nice, like, special things with the top five. We've awarded, you know, the, the, the winner. She's going to go on stage and interview our CEO, get to meet some of their sports presenters. We've made it like a really 
um, as, you know, something that you should aspire to to be accredited with. Mm-hmm. So I think that that definitely helps. Um, and we gave it like global appeal as well. So we gave some like some good examples of people like Ellen DeGeneres uh, interviewing you know for our, for our guys in the US, and mm-hmm. just made sure that everyone understood that it was kind of relevant to them. Um, so I think yeah, like rather than trying to reprimand people for doing a bad job, um, point to point to people who are who are brilliant and try and inspire people to, to be as good. Yeah, I think I it's, it's worked so far. And, yeah. Yeah, and and obviously through that process, you're saying why they're doing a good job. So you kind of, yeah. while people are being motivated and emotionally moved, they they're exposed to the good work people are doing, and then they can replicate it, I guess. Yeah, definitely. And the other thing, and probably not to underestimate the the other thing we did, which was um, we provided a lot more structure. Um, so we've, we've got um, an assessment team in house who came up with um, a tool called the Interview Wizard. So managers can easily get, you know, their a bespoke interview guide, which sounds like a really simple thing, mm-hmm. um, but it's it, it's kind of it's backing up the campaign with some tools that will really help and it's got on there like a really like simple structure on how to prepare and view and all that stuff mm-hmm. and 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 sort of what to do afterwards in terms of follow-up and but it's so simple and quick for them that they don't have to scroll around and find it it's just produced for them so there's some basic kind of structural stuff that we've put in place that yeah. kind of backs up um backs up what we've done and I guess that kind of squares the circle, doesn't it, Graham? In terms of we're talking about candidate experience there, but you know we've talked about storytelling at the highest level from an employer brand point of view, but having that consistency of message, but going right the way down to the most basic of tools, that's where yeah. it all sort of binds together. I, I, I guess. Yeah. So From an employer brand point of view, um, and I guess everything we've talked about so far, what do you see as the sort of essential? Toolkit. How, how do you how do you assess the sort of practical tools you need um, on a sort of day to day level as well? Yeah, um, I, mean, I think ultimately, like the success and failure of if we're talking about candidate experience to underpin your employer brand, it's, it's, you've got to have a, a team that are a recruitment team that are kind of engaged in in, in the mission because mm-hmm. um no matter what what technology we put in place uh, you know there's, there's definitely some work to do there to make sure you've got the right you know application form and the right structure for your for your interviews and all that stuff but it's the it's the recruiters and the hiring managers working together understanding why it's important um and the human touch you know like being on the end of the phone for the candidates make sure they're prepared we can do all these great things like giving them content and getting you know send send them good luck messages before their interview you know that sort of stuff but um it kind of it kind of lives and dies by the quality of the team that are that are kind of um drive driving it really so i'd say focus on getting the team behind the mission and Yes, sort the technology and the tools out, but the people in your team to drive it on, on, on the most important thing. Mm. Absolutely. Um, and, <clears throat> do you know, Graham, I've seen you do this at Virgin. Again, I've seen you doing it at BT. Um, you seem to be able to go into somewhere and make impact quite quickly. And um, when we're working with various different sort of clients, people move at different speeds, but you, send, you tend to be able to knock down walls um, and, and get uh, advocates and people behind you, and you build momentum quickly. What's your what's your secret there? Because I think there'll be people listening going, "This all sounds great, yeah. but I can't get anyone to help me. I can't get budgets." Yeah, 
yeah. Well, I'm the same. I mean, I do support for things like budget and support, and it kind of it sort of ebbs and flows, and it's like you know, if all the stars align and, and, and things work out, you, you're quite lucky. And, um, so I think I kind of um, I try and find out who all the influencers. Mm-hmm. Um, and I tend to try and make friends with them, obviously, um, and challenge them to be brave. So what, what, you know, in the, one of the first sessions I did sort of two, three weeks in when I kind of, I, I got a sense of how we were performing, what, what the good stories were, what we could do more of. And just, I just had an opportunity to go and talk to the leadership team and just said, you know, like, well, let's do this if if you're brave enough, and that's often quite a good way to <laughs> you know, if you if you challenge them on whether they're brave or not, they tend to stand up and support it. But also, I think you know, back it up with some good like commercial arguments. Um, but you know, and it, I mean, recruitment and employer brand and the areas that I've, I've worked in it tends to be underinvested in, um, underfunded. But if you can kind of paint a picture of what it could be like if you did invest and how, how great the world could be, then um, you, you, know, you tend to get a lot of people putting their hand up to support you. <laughs> well, there you go. The answer is great storytelling, um, even even at that point as well. Brilliant. So, so Graham, just, yeah. be, just before we go, um, what do you think the – in terms of employer brand industry, you mentioned you know sort of ten year period, still sort of in its infancy. Where 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 do you think employer brand can go in the future? Yeah, I, I think it is. To be honest, I was looking through. Um, I, was, I was lucky enough to be invited to like review some uh, like award submissions in the last few weeks. Mm-hmm. So I thought I'd get a good sense of like the quality of some of the work. I think I think it's a bit mixed. I think there's a mixture of like short term. Um, people just trying to sort of um, get some quick success and, and sort of measure it through like vanity metrics on social media mm-hmm. versus people who are in it for the long term and they're trying to make um, big, big sort of investment and changes to sort of actually improve their organisation. So I think there's something around the measurement for me. I, I don't want employer brand to just be something that turns into recruitment marketing. I think it's much bigger than that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's the whole sort of employee experience and, and internal engagement and all that sort of thing. So I think um, I think it's got some work to do. I think that's the next stage for employer brand work to move on to. It's gone from kind of broadcast down to um, you know getting a bit more targeted and focused. But I think mm-hmm. it needs to be broader within the organisation mm-hmm. and not just be given to the recruitment function to sort out. Um, I think it's a bigger thing than that. And at what point do you think this is going to be taken? Um, more seriously and prioritise much higher up the the list with um, C-suite executives. I think yeah, I think we're getting there. I mean, I was quite lucky to at Surgeon. I had much more of a challenge to actually get it on on the radar, and I think that's probably because I mean maybe the brand was so strong and there was less of a challenge. But landing in BT, I mean, it was it was one of the priorities of our chief HR officer and our CEO knew about it, so I, thought I had a really good platform to start from. So I think um, I think it's mixed on. You know, I hear a lot where in a, in other organisations where it's less of a priority, and I think it's just down to like, what's your challenge. Um, if you've got a real need to um, attract talent, or you know, um, like, like like BT, you know, get get the right story out in the marketplace. I think it's going to shoot up the shoot up the agenda. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Especially when they correlate poor performing organisations are the ones that are not taking this stuff seriously. 
Yeah, absolutely. Brilliant. Well, Graham, that's all we got for time for. I could talk to you all day. I, I anticipate some questions from our audience, so there might be a part two I'll be asking you for. Um, but, You'd love um, to. Yeah, love to. <laughs> great. Well, thanks so much for your time today. Um, guys, that's it. That's all Pleasure. we've got. Please uh, join us next week for more storytelling, pales of wisdom and great guests. Thanks very much. <laughs>